0: seven to Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad.
1: I'm Dave.
0: In this episode, we're discussing Minute 9 of the Lost World. Dave, how are you being? I'm
1: good. We uh, recently just got an update about the Jurassic World set pick.
0: Yes, set pick. our theories are wrong. <laughs> um, we've got a photo on set of the uh, all that construction work that's been going on, and it is a collapsed, uh, was it? Pterosaur Theatre, or Pterodon Theatre? Yeah,
1: I think it's Pterosaur Theatre.
0: Yeah, from the uh, Main Street set of Jurassic World. So we're back on Isla Nubula. Um, We're back on Main Street, and we're back at Jurassic World for Jurassic World 2. What part it's going to play, um, we won't know for a little while, but I was hoping for Sauna. (laughs) that sort of makes sense now if they're going back to Hawaii they're going to take some uh, rear plates or backing plates for this set they've done some nice work on the construction though yeah they have and that was was one thing uh, discussing online about uh, what the set possibly could be was the large section above that was clearly leaning over and being held in place by scaffold and rigging Um, Mm -hmm. now we know it's the whole roof of the uh, theatre drop down onto Main Street, so... Alright, anything you want to bring up about it?
1: Oh, well... I mean, I'm disappointed that it's not the Lodge, but, I mean... It may... It does bring up some interesting... Uh... Ideas of what will be... Are they going back for Blue? Are they... What are they doing back on Isla Nublar? It... does bring up some... It brings up more questions than it answers.
0: Hmm... Yeah, it does. And I suppose... Thinking about it now, going back with um, Colin wanting to make Jurassic Park seem bigger. Well, I suppose that sign, it it did make it seem bigger. It's sort of tell and don't show. hmm So, um, I suppose, shifting gears a little bit this week, um, we're going to discuss quickly the uh, Lost World game. Yeah, sure. That, uh, coming on PlayStation 1 back in uh, uh, release date was August 27th 1997 for you guys over there I haven't got an Australian release date Europe was uh, September 1st so I another one whilst buying everything I uh, I got this pretty quick at, at a time where cheat codes weren't a big thing uh, mm-hmm. I had a lot of difficulty playing it
1: <laughs> I don't remember if you. I don't believe you could save on the game
0: could no, you? no, no it-
1: no, you couldn't. I never actually played it, uh, but I did watch a walkthrough. Yep. And I, and it was right after Michael Giacchino uh, got announced for as the composer for Jurassic World, and because he did the compositions for the game, it was like before original compositions for games were popular, and it really did make me excited for Jurassic World's com- uh, score.
0: Yeah, he done a great job of the score for the game. Um, there's a lot of great tunes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, the gameplay, sort of, you had about five levels when you reached the end of... Um, or five sub-levels per character. When you got to the end of it, you got a DNA stream or sequence of uh, triangles, Xs, squares and zeros that um, would let you start a game from this spot. But um, you always had to write them down. And yeah, you can never save during gameplay, which especially when you get to the, uh, the Raptors and the human, that was uh, or the Hunter, that was insanely difficult. <laughs> Even the Compy running around, sort of. As you get to larger uh, adversaries, um, the more you eat and kill something, bugs, whatever else, the more your uh, not instinct, maybe aggression gets. Um, you got the glowing eye up the top corner. It sort of glows redder and redder, and when that thing's glowing red, you can kill anything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is good. But then later on, when we get to the raptors and the rex, you've got... Uh, I suppose, yeah, you, you start off with the compies, uh, go into the raptors, and this probably isn't the right order, but then you've got uh, the T-Rex and the human, and finally, last level, Sarah Harding, which is the human prey, they call it. I suppose especially the raptor... Like the last two levels with the raptors and into the rex, uh, a lot of lava fields, which mm-hmm. again obstacles that are insanely difficult to jump over. Um, you should try getting a T-Rex to jump. It's not it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even the uh, the human levels, when you're in the geothermal plant and all that sort of stuff, you're sort of using your peton pit- and your uh, little cable gun to swing from platform to platform and some platforms you have to go under and there's uh, little conveyors that are bringing rocks and that back and forth It's, I quite love the set, the, like, the design, level design that um, it definitely feels like sauna in places, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not the lava fields but <laughs> I quite enjoyed playing it I've, I think I got two copies of it um, later on when the cheat codes or the, the books come out with the codes in them you could uh, unlock everything it was mm-hmm. the first time I got to see the uh, the end stinger, which is uh, Sarah getting rescued off the boat. You get the uh, one of the Mercedes AAVs come jumping over a hill, and the helicopter picks her up and flies off over a pack of raptors as they're sort of barking at the uh, sky, which mm-hmm. is, which is great. Not the best um, CG, especially being for '97, but I quite liked it. Um, yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun. I I partially blamed that ending. For being the reason why everybody thinks that there was a script out there where the raptors got onto the boat and killed the crew, because oh, okay. I think that's kind of the scene that gets where it gets everybody's it gets into everybody's head. Oh, there's raptors by the boat. Oh, so that's what happened.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'd heard. I don't even know where from, but um, the title, uh, like all oh, the title, the phrase, um. Jurassic Park 3 Raptors in the city. I don't know I don't know where that come from, but it seems it was something I heard a lot of back uh, back during that time. Apparently there's also a special edition that came out um, a year later. Uh, what we got here? it's straight repackaged, so there's nothing special about it, just a new a new case.
1: Um, I can't remember, was it this or Warpath that during the loading scenes you got all those really beautiful concept art pieces in.
0: Uh, no, it wasn't in this. In this, the load, video, the load screens were uh, your character as a skeleton. Um, ah, oh,
1: yeah, that's on a nice, right.
0: On a that's nice rock.
1: Band.
0: Yeah, on a nice rock background. But one interesting fitting for this, you got a uh, a video, or video as you start a new character. And the raptor one's interesting because you got a, the guy running through the jungle. Uh, with a helmet cam on, and you've got tracking of I think it's six Raptors closing in on his location. Mm-hmm. Um, it just a lot of stuff there. It's it's weird because like, the T-Rex they use the uh, Michael Crichton sauna map, and not the yeah, uh, not the movie one. Um, but just all that sort of tie-in stuff for it. Go get on YouTube and check out the uh, the, the the games. Uh, load screens and that, it's, it's, it's some great stuff they've done for 97 because um, as we get to some of the other games later like the uh, Nintendo Game Boy game, it's a mm. bit of a step away from what what the franchise was but um, yeah just with the soundtrack um, it was the first game to feature a fully orchestral yeah. sc- soundtrack um, as you said by uh, Giochino and uh, Spielberg was a fan of it, which could uh, could be why Giacchino come back to score uh, the theme for the new movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With its uh, with its reception, um, there's a few different uh, review scores here, but I suppose the main ones would be uh, IGN, only scored it a five out of ten. Boo to you, and GamePro. They oh, they scored at five stars, so hooray to them. Yeah, so I suppose that's that's about it for the uh for the game. Love playing it. Go and check out a walkthrough or go and check out the uh load screens on YouTube when you can get a chance. It's definitely worth worth the look. Alright, well let's move uh let's move into minute nine. Dave, you ready to go? Yes I am. Alright, let's do it. As the eighth minute of The Lost World ends, Peter Ludlow tells Ian Malcolm that InGen is his responsibility now and he'll jealously defend its interests, and that it's the InGen board of directors he must look to, and not his uncle. As the ninth minute of The Lost World starts, Peter Ludlow tells Dr. Malcolm that his problems are about to be rendered mute, and in a few weeks' time they'll be long forgotten. At eight minutes and nine seconds, Malcolm grabs Ludlow's arm forcefully and says, Not by me, in a low voice. At 8 minutes and 12 seconds, Peter Luller looks down at his arm that's still in the grip of Dr. Malcolm, and says, Careful, this suit is worth more than your education. At 8 minutes and 20 seconds, Ludlow walks off screen, as we get a voiceover from John Hammond. You were right, and I was wrong there. Did you ever expect to hear me say such a thing? At 8 minutes and 27 seconds, the screen cuts to John Hammond laying in bed, saying, Thank God for Site B. At 8 minutes and 30 seconds, Malcolm looks questionably at Hammond, asking, Site B? At 8 minutes and 34 seconds, John Hammond goes into some backstory about how the lab on Isla Nubla was something for the tourists and just a showroom. At 8 minutes and 37 seconds, he states that Site B was the factory floor on Isla Sauna, 80 miles west of Nubla. At 8 minutes and 40 seconds, Hammond says that they bred the animals there and nurtured him before moving him on into the park. At 8 minutes and 47 seconds, as he slowly approaches the bed, Dr Malcolm replies, Oh really? I did not know that. At 8 minutes and 51 seconds, Hammond explains that after the accident in the park, Hurricane Clarissa wiped out the facility on Site B and called it an act of God. At 8 minutes and 58 seconds, John Hammond finishes the minute by saying that they had to evacuate, and this ends Minute 9 of The Lost World. All right, so we get the end of uh, end of the Malcolm and Ludlow going at each other. It's the board of directors Ludlow must uh, look up to now, and not not John, um, and to trust. He's asking Malcolm to trust him in a couple of uh, weeks. His uh, worries will be long forgotten. Hinting again at uh, the reopening of Jurassic Park or the uh, or Jurassic Park San Diego. When people see the dinosaurs are re- actually real and there, all of Malcolm's wild stories will be true, which then makes you wonder, well, how's that make InGen look when, for all these years, they've been denying it?
1: Mhm. Um, yeah, but people are short attention spans, so you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Um, and uh, sort of ends with um, ends with Malcolm grabbing Ludlow's hand or arm and saying uh. That he won't he won't forget, or well, not. And um, Ludlow telling him to be careful that uh, the seat's worth more than his education. And uh, and then we go straight into Hammond. We get a bit of voiceover. I'm gonna say a trailer quote. The trailer line. I don't think it uh, was actually used in the trailer, but uh, you're right and I was wrong there. Did you expect to hear me say such a thing? And thank God for site B. Mm.
1: Interesting that that line right there. Uh, you were right and I was wrong there. The way Attenborough reads it in the movie, it's like one is without a comma, and where he's just saying "You were right, and I was wrong." There, whereas in saying there in a location. When the script there's a comma, and 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 uh, ended with a exclamation mark, which mean, kind of reads "You were right, and I was wrong." So there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever expect me to hear say such a thing? Mm. You know.
0: Yeah, it's sort of just
1: different missing. inflections. Uh, yeah, different inflections depending on how you read it.
0: Mm. Yeah, just missing that comma can uh, change it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but uh, site B and like where uh, we're just as dumbfounded as Malcolm is, he doesn't have a lot to say. It <laughs> just stumbles a bit in site site B, um, and we get. Uh, more dialogue from Hammond that uh, Jurassic Park and Isla Nubla were just the showroom something for the tourists and uh, Site B was the factory floor on Sauna um, 80 miles west which uh, or 80 miles from Nubla um, they bred the animals there nurtured them for a few months and moved them into the park um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which pretty much perfectly sets up a sequel um, it just it tells you everything you need to know okay well they weren't made yes they had eggs on in Jurassic Park in the nursery or in the lab but um, all the hard work was done over on sauna which kind of makes sense if they, uh, mm-hmm. if they cloned a woolly mammoth now for instance and uh, done the whole press, press thing for that there'd be a nice shiny lab it wouldn't be the lab the animal was created in There'd be be a dark, deep, dark basement somewhere where there's five or six other um, mammoths that didn't come to full full fruition or were cancelled, aborted, whatever, what have you.
1: Uh, This is something that the novel also went into more in depth and something I really feel like they missed on in Jurassic Park 3 was the fact that, uh, as Malcolm explained it, that they would need, like, a hundred births just to get one viable actual dinosaur that would grow, yeah. And even then, it was it would be, it would be, low chance that that um, that dinosaur would actually grow to adulthood. And so, Malcolm, even as far back as in the first book, suspected that there was a site B, that there was a production floor going on, where you where Hammond was breeding hundreds of dinosaurs just to get that ten in order to form a herd and Isla Nublar.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, like those those eight eggs, or what have we seen in Jurassic Park, um, for those mm-hmm. eight eggs to get to full term and be ready to hatch, as you said, there's probably 100 or 200 eggs that uh, failed. Um hmm And it's, that's, that's without even going to the whole... DX virus and everything else that was in the book as well, or the disease, and that's that's genetics. You only got a Stephen's stem cell research and all that there. Now the they could do a hundred tests and still not have um, positive outcomes. Mhm. Then we get we get Malcolm come back afterwards. Uh, oh really? I did not know that. Um, it's it's interesting. It's taken four years for Hammond to have this conversation with him.
1: Well, mm-hmm. um, oh, I think it was one of those conversations Hammond always wanted to try to avoid. Yeah. Because he liked the idea of that shiny little laboratory on Island Nublar. hmm He didn't he, uh, as, and I think this kind of stuff got into Hammond's character in the movie too. Was the dark side of Hammond in the Lost World, where in the novel Ian Malcolm calls it Hammond's dirty little secret.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think and I think that was transferred over in the movie too, where Isla Sarner was Hammond's dirty little secret. He didn't want people to know about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you could just imagine—you um, just imagine Malcolm's feeling like at the time, if he knew there was a production plant pumping these things out, or trying to, um, the whole act of God thing. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and and this is another place where the movie breaks from the novel. In the novel, they were doing a tag release system on Isla Sorna with the dinosaurs because they kept getting sick and dying from the prion infested uh, meats they were feeding them mm. which which was DX and and in the not air in the movie it's much less malicious it's just Hammond releases them all on in because of a hurricane and engine wasn't really at fault because of it so it's it's not as dark as in the novel there.
0: Yeah, but it adds it makes everything a lot more murky. Um, it does. As you said, like then we get Hammond saying uh, after the accident in the park, Hurricane Clarissa come through and uh, wiped out the facility on site B, um, called an act of God, but they had to evacuate. Um, and we'll get in the next minute what they'd done when they evacuated. But the, the whole DX tag and release makes sense why we see what we see later on when we get to sauna um mainly fences around buildings um mm-hmm. it was a plan put in place to release animals we're going to put fences around our uh, living quarters and everything else whereas this is just oh there's a hurricane coming we'll, let's let him go and it's not there's still i still feel there's more of a sauna to explore and i'm sure one day we might revisit there and come across some holding pens or some smaller paddocks where these animals are nurtured before they move to Jurassic Park
1: Well we kind of see these little cages in Jurassic Park 3 but yeah.
0: like you said,
1: this <laughs> would be a lot more sensible for animals this large.
0: Well that's it you put a triceratops in that one of those cages for two months and good luck getting it out of the building <laughs> mm-hmm. um and it's sort of, it's one of those other things too, like the raptors, you'd want to be transporting the raptors before they got to, uh, I think it was eight months when they get lethal. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: even even the herbivores, like you'd want to, it'd be a lot easier to transport them uh, a couple of months old when they're able to be picked up or put in the cages, whatever, you picked up by a forklift instead of uh, mm-hmm. f- a few months later when they're sort of, you got to put one on the boat and that's all the boat can carry. So... Now, it says, he says after the accident. I'm pretty sure it's four months after um, the park fails. It's November, according to the uh, the wiki and the timeline, when the uh, hurricane hits. Um, and they evacuate again. They just walk away from another facility and leave it, just like they did for Jurassic, World, Jurassic Park. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: But we'll get into the rest of that conversation uh in the next minute. Um, so Dave, is there anything else you want to bring up about what uh, we've talked about?
1: Yeah, I think that's everything.
0: That's everything. All right, we'll uh, get out of here and we'll be back next next time with minute ten. All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com, Facebook the Lost World minute, Twitter at the Lost World minute, and Instagram the Lost World minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. (laughs) Uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island these creatures require our absence to survive not our help and if we could only step aside and trust in nature life will find a way